just a reminder, here at That's So Chronic, we are dedicated to sharing personal stories. We are not advocating any type of treatment, therapy, procedure or intervention. Everyone is unique, so please seek professional medical advice before making any decisions for yourself or for others. Welcome to That's So Chronic, the podcast where I, Jess Bryan, interview some incredible people from around the world that are thriving and sometimes only just surviving with chronic illnesses, life-changing injuries and potentially disastrous diagnoses. I'm talking to my friend Emma Cusden today and she shares her story of being diagnosed with ITP, a condition where the immune system mistakenly attacks the platelets, the year after she lost her mum and started a year-long contract touring New Zealand performing in schools. In this episode, Emma talks us through the months of bruising that led to someone saying, hey, what's up with your legs? The moment she realised she wasn't invincible, her coping strategies, the countless blood tests around the country, and what happens when the show simply can't go on. I'm really excited to be able to share Emma with you all today, and I can't wait for you to listen. Welcome to That's So Chronic. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. I'm now, so excited. We have this friendship where we yeah. don't have to talk every day, but we know that our love for each other is Burns never on. ending and we will it will never die. No, that's, that's like, right. That in, eternal spark. It's an eternal flame. And for, for, for a lame. I love that about us. So yeah. I'm really excited that I get to share you with the, that so chronic listeners today. Yeah, now, you are a comedian, mm. an actor, mm. an improviser. Yes. You are a teacher, yes. a high school teacher, yeah. spreading the joy of learning to our <laughs> New Zealand and youth. And they, they definitely consider it that, just the joy of learning. They love That's it. That's what they actually told me Yeah, <laughs> yeah when yeah. I asked them. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And you love Thai food, you I told do. me. You yeah. love the colour purple. Yes, yeah. And actually, purple is the colour of immune thump... Throp- okay, I am so pleased no, you're no, doing no. this wrong because I can't say it. No, but I'm going to attack you're it with confidence. It. Yeah. Good. Immune thrombocytopenia. Brilliant. Or ITP, as I will call it from now on. (laughs) Literally, when I was diagnosed, they said it, and I just went, I'm never going to learn how to say that. I just deleted that from my brain immediately. It just went, ITP will do me nicely. Yes. So you were diagnosed with this in 2015. I would love to know what your definition of ITP is, because I'm sure... Like you and I, a lot of people out there didn't know what it was. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like it's an autoimmune condition or an autoimmune disease or disorder, you know, any of those words they all like to throw in a big melting pot and you just pick out at your leisure, <laughs> which is appropriate for you, I guess. Um, but essentially what it means is my immune system, you know, for, for no apparent reason, attacks things that I need in my body mm-hmm. and so for me um, and for people with ITP it's when your immune um, system attacks and kills off your platelets in your blood <clears throat> which are you know your blood's made up of white blood cells and red blood cells and platelets and people often platelets is kind of like the unloved brother of that trio <laughs> um, people don't often know what platelets are yeah and essentially your platelets are the things in your blood that help clot your blood yeah. so if you're low platelets like me 
you really struggle to have your blood clot so you can become like a real hemophiliac when um, you're really unwell but yeah. but it's because it's based on where your immune system's at and what your immune system is deciding to do each day some days you're kind of okay and then yeah. other days you're terrible and it's just a range so you, you never really know what to expect I yeah. guess yeah it was 2015 when mm. you when this sort of entered your life and you were diagnosed what was happening for you to make you go oh I think I need to go and talk to a doctor or something is not quite right yeah it's actually a funny story uh because right, we are here for this here we are. got my cup of tea here I, we am are. Ready. I think like I am one of those people who has a real quintessential Kiwi man look on life like mm-hmm. she'll be right yeah. and I've definitely always had that perspective about my health and so you know as you know Jess I just sort of come off this journey of um, my mum dying of cancer me nursing her at home and then her passing away and then suddenly it was like oh I've got to get my life back on track mm. I've got to get a job I've got to get a place to live I've got no money yeah what the hell am I gonna do And I took this really appealing job for an actor, which was to be in the cast of New Zealand Playhouse, which is um, a company that tours schools and we do a kids show that's for primary schools and a high school show. Anyway, so I took this gig because I was like, oh, it's a year, which is great. It's a year of a roof over my head, a year of getting paid, a year of doing something that's not thinking about how messed up my life has sort of become dreamy perfect 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 distraction perfect gig and this gig is really intense by the way everybody you're not familiar it's like three shows a day sometimes yeah and then moving to another city or town and packing in and doing it all over again yeah it was wild and this is part of the reason that I didn't um know I was sick yeah so I you know we we were like on the road it was me and two guys and we would like live in this van (laughs) I'm literally wearing my playhouse yeah which is just by chance we would live in this van. We would have to unpack this whole set out the back. And I was knocking myself all of the time. And, you know, the listeners can't see this, but I'm four foot ten and a half and I struggle with um, short person syndrome. Like I have to do everything <laughs> everyone else does, but even more intense because I've got to prove that I'm like a normal yeah. human, even though I'm short. So to me, it made logical sense that I would be bruising mm, and yeah. run down and be pale and feel unwell you're because I'm working hard yeah. really hard all of the time and we just happened to be in Christchurch because we by the end of the year because you work all year mm. and at the time that's what we used to do and we were about halfway through the tour maybe maybe towards the end of like term one and we'd come back to Christchurch because you do like three laps of the country mm. I just happened to be in Christchurch and I had invited our NASDA tutors, mm. Ross McKellar and Steph McKellar-Smith, to come and watch our kids' primary school show. Yeah. And so they came along, which was great. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the show, Steph came up to me and was like, what's the deal with your legs? And, you know, and it seems really stupid to be like, yeah, I guess I just didn't really notice. But, like, yeah. I was going through a patch where I, w- I knew I was bruising. But the bruises had become, like, deep purple. Mm. Really dark-coloured bruises. Mm -hmm. And they were everywhere on my legs. Wow. And I was just so, she'll be right. I was like, 
oh, this is because I'm getting hit by the van, the toe. I'm getting hit by the tow bar. I'll be hitting myself on stage. Yeah, I'll it's just probably like bruise on a bruise. Yes, on a bruise, and that's why they look terrible. Yeah, because it's we're doing this every single day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But because I suppose Steph's a bit of a mother figure to me. When she said that I should probably go to, she said I think I should go to a doctor and get a blood test. I was like. Oh. When okay. do I have time for that? Yeah, I know. I know. God, I've got to make that work now. But I did make it work. Yeah. And it's really lucky I did. Yeah. Yeah, in the end. But it was definitely, I think, you know, RuPaul always talks about your inner saboteur. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I think my inner saboteur was, you're fine. Like, you're always going to be fine. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And it actually prevented me from going when I actually had... I had had a lot of signposts along the way that something wasn't right, but I ignored them mm-hmm. by choice. And how were your energy levels during this time? So low. Yeah. Yeah, really low. But again, you're like, well, I'm working really hard. And yeah. um, It's easy to find the excuses in yes. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I had actually gone to buy some, like, stage makeup. Mm. For, um, I had run out of, like, base and things. And I went to Mac and was like, oh, can you do... I never know. I don't know anything about makeup. I never wear it. Can you do a thing? Mm. Check And... When I came out, I looked at the back and I was like, oh, that's weird. Because I kind of roughly knew what sort of number I was. And it was two numbers less. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. But now I look at those products and I was like, I was so pale. Wow. Like I was so pale, but it was just, I had no idea. Because I guess things happen so slowly sometimes Mm -hmm. that you can't observe the differences from where you've come from to where yeah. you are now and you just accept how you are. Yeah. And you don't think anything's odd or weird. Yeah, because yeah. you're living in your body every day. So you're not seeing the gradual changes or anything. Yeah. But someone like Steph who hasn't seen you for a few months and then suddenly watches you in this show and is like, hang on a second. Yeah. That must have been so confronting having her say that. It was, yeah. And I think as well because I've just like I've literally just come out of this thing with my mom yeah people didn't want to say to me you look terrible yeah but I did you yeah. know but but I guess everyone went oh well she's grieving and the mm. reality was is like I was actually really unwell but I just and yeah. it, it, it was so it makes me think so much more about how we speak to people these days yeah because when people lose weight dramatically you go oh people go oh you look great yeah you look so good and for no it's yeah it's it's like yeah I I looked terrible nobody wanted to tell me but actually somebody needed to for me to go something isn't right Mm -hmm. here this might not be related at all, but I did I did a big stalk of your Instagram. Went all ah, the way back to these Playhouse oh days. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yes, and you uploaded a picture of your hand. I don't know if you remember, but you had a skateboarding accident. Oh, you yeah. fell off. And that is, they were, your fingers were so, so bruised. Yeah. And like purple, your yeah. whole hand. Yeah. Was that around this time? Was yeah. That, is that related? Yeah, but I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, and it's so funny, like, looking back now <laughs> and going, I had so many signals yeah. like that, that something wasn't right. Because that wasn't even, like, <laughs> I made that seem so much better than it was. It was, like, me trying to reignite my youth. It was so funny because on Instagram, it's like, hey, guys, got my new toy. Yeah. And it's this, like, purple penny board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, three photos later, it's like, 
had my first accident. Yeah. My whole hand is like literally fucked right now. I know, I know. <laughs> and it was like, the worst thing was, <laughs> this is so tragic. It wasn't like I was out, you know, like at the skate park. <laughs> you know, I was on the porch teetering and fearing for my life. And then I literally just slipped off it and yeah. hit the deck. Which, and that's the thing is that injury how it looked versus what had happened. Yeah. That that didn't compute. But yeah. you go, ah, oh, things like that happen. Yeah. And when um Ollie on the tour, he um he well look, this is part of a bigger thing, which is like I, I like to have a mantra a year. Okay. And so my mantra twenty fifteen was YOLO. Yes. Right. YOLO. I remember this. Yeah. Yes. So because I was living my year of YOLO, yeah. I was doing whatever, even if it terrified me. Yeah. And so one of the things that I did was I went bungee jumping. Mm-hmm. And I was sick and I didn't know it at this time. So I did the bungee jump. We went back to the hotel. Ollie had done it too. It was his birthday present. Yep. And I had helped organize it. It was all terribly exciting. I donated money. Good on you, Go geez. me. Friend points yes. right there. <laughs> and when I went back to the hotel, Ollie was like, there's something up with your eyes. Oh. And I was like, that's weird. And then I looked at my eyeballs in the mirror and they would, they had all these red dots all across them, like mini dots, like yeah. my eyeballs had chicken pox mm-hmm. and it was crazy. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening here? So then I did old ask uncle Google mm-hmm. and uncle Google, in this case, Dr. Google and Dr. Google was like, Oh, you know, going upside down, the pressure to your head, yeah. just probably blood, blah, blah, blah. But it was just really like, Oh, this isn't uncommon. So I went, Oh, sweet ass. Yeah. But now I look back and I go, that happened to me because of what was going on. Yes. But I didn't clock it, you know? So what happened when you got the blood test? Did you get the blood test in Christchurch? Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, that was crazy. Um, so I went to the doctor and I did what I always do. And is, is this your normal GP? Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I am really, that's like a big me thing, mm-hmm. is I need to have a relationship with my GP. And I know you and I have talked about yeah. this a lot in the past. Because, you know, I had this great GP who I'd had since I was 12. So he knows I don't go in willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. And I only really go in when I know something's not right yeah. or, or I have um, a real problem. So when I came in and I sort of said, oh, I actually went in, um, I had something else I needed done as well. It was something pathetic, like, can you give me another prescription for, like, the pill or something? Yeah. It was something pathetic like that. <clears throat> hay fever tablets you know the, yeah. old, the old chestnut of like the list of the shopping list yeah. of medications I needed and I was thinking oh yeah I should I should tell him that I need a blood test because of my legs but when I came in he saw me and he went what's up with the legs mm. and I said yeah I probably need to talk to you about that I don't know what's going on there and he goes yeah I think we should get a blood test yeah and that was uh, a bit of a triggering moment I, I don't know if I've ever told you this before but when my mom got diagnosed with cancer she, I remember there was this real vivid part of the story, which was that she had gone to the doctor and gone to the hospital just for another test mm. or something. And she said, I got home and the phone was ringing and it was the people who've just taken my test. Right. And she said, when I heard the phone was ringing yeah. and when I picked up, I knew it was bad news. Yeah. So for me, I have taken my blood test I've driven from Rickerton to Central City, so it's like a 15-minute drive. Yeah. I pull up outside my flat, because I was staying with Nathan and Chris Mm. for the holidays. I pull up outside that flat, and they're already calling me. Yeah. And it was like, oh, 
Great. And I knew the number. Mm. Like, it's the doctors. Mm. So I'm like, cool, I've got cancer, I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when I answered the call, um, they were like, yeah, we've just managed to get it through really quickly. And they said to me, you have um, just under 10,000 platelets in your blood. And wow. I was like, how many are you meant to have? Yeah. Because, you know, we don't know this stuff. Yeah. Um, and he said, well, um, a standard range is between 150 and 400,000. Yeah. <laughs> and that's microliters per blood, I think. Just, yeah. Just for anyone wondering what that measurement is. <laughs> yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and- 10,000. Shit. That's like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was like, uh, okay, so I'm going to get your blood checked further up the chain. Okay. And then we're going to let you know. And, uh, you know. This is the doctor who's just diagnosed with my my mum with cancer and, yeah. and that she has passed away. Mm-hmm. And so I said, like, uh, are you getting it checked? For, like, do I need to get checked for cancer? And he said, um, because oh, <laughs> he doesn't want to say. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, also, you know, I know that doctors can't really answer some of those mm. questions on the phone. But he said, you know, we don't know what the cause of this is. Yeah. But I can't. But I know you're going to go and Google it. So I'm just yeah. going to tell you that one of the things that it might be is leukemia. Yeah. Yeah. And so then wow. I did what any normal human do would do and stayed up all night and planned who's going to be the pallbearers at my funeral. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> it God. was like, yeah, it was like, I'll write it all down so that it's all taken care of because yeah. I don't want it to not be taken care of. Yeah, yeah. It's that weird moment of when you're suddenly faced with the fact that you are going to die one day. Yeah. And it's like, we all kind of know deep down that this is going to happen one day some sooner than others like we don't really know but then when you have that moment of like shit like this This, could actually this could be it it. it's so confronting it is yeah I'm glad that you were it was the holidays like in hindsight looking at this I'm glad for you that it was the holidays and you were staying with friends yeah not suddenly like well eight hours I got to do a show I know children that I don't even know and care about I know I know but but that, that was and I mean, anyone who's been diagnosed with something like this, mm. um, and I mean, even you, you know this too, like it takes so long. So you know there's a problem, but you, there's no answer in sight around yeah. why this is happening to you, what the future holds for you, what this is going to look like in terms of your life. So you sit in this no man's land. And I think television and movies teaches us that you find everything out in a couple of days yeah but you don't even have a name for this thing for a long time exactly yeah and then it makes it impossible for you to talk to people about it yeah because you don't want to be you know they think oh don't think negatively i know it's like no but it really could be this thing yeah like they're testing for it so maybe it is that thing and if it is that thing i want to be prepared that's it Yeah. yeah because how do you process that this has gone from something that seemed insignificant, mm. a series of things that I could convince myself wasn't a problem into it's a problem yeah. and it's really real. It's a real problem and it's one that I'm not going to have any answers for for a while because yeah. that, that was really clear okay. um, that, that I wasn't going to have an immediate diagnosis. Right, yeah. okay. So how did that diagnosis process look then? moving forward yeah so what happened was uh after I didn't sleep for a day Mm -hmm. um you know the next day um I got sort of a a good call 
which was that this is probably not cancer from Yay. what we're seeing now, so that's really good. But that's that's not the end of this. We now we don't know what it is. Yeah, which is a blessing and a curse, mm-hmm. as you know. It's and. I mean, it's a blessing in the respect of like that's a terrible thing. Cancer is hard, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it is. It is like I would have really liked to have known what it was immediately. Yeah. Mm. But I. Because uh, then you can start fighting. That's it. Yeah. And work out the next steps. Yeah. And move forward. But yeah, it is just that limbo land of yeah. not really knowing what you should be doing to try and help. This yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And people um, want to give their two cents. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what you should do um, until you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I went back out on the road, even though, basically, I got, <laughs> after I didn't know what it was, they they were like, we need to hook you up with a specialist and you need to have this consultation and blah, blah, blah. But, a specialist, is that, would that be a hematologist? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you you will need to clear a day to go in and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like basically by the time the doctors had all decided that the right course for me was to go through a specialist, mm-hmm. um, meet the specialist, da-da-da, I'm back out on the road. Yeah. So. And we don't have the luxury in our health system here to just like pick a day that you want to yeah. meet that specialist. That's it's it. whenever they give you an appointment. You better be there. Exactly. So I explained to them my situation. And so this is like April. Mm -hmm. It's like the first school holidays. (laughs) And then uh, I'm like, it needs to be school holidays. But yeah, me and every other child um, in the Canterbury region wants to be in the school holidays as well. So I got put to the September holidays. Oh, wow. Far out. You know, that was where we were sort of talking Mm. about and in the meantime, they were like, we've got to keep on top of your symptoms now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got put on uh, a really full-on dose of prednisone, yeah. the old mate, mm-hmm. and um, was sent out back on tour. And there were a couple of other things that we discussed. For example, not to like TMI people, but also I'm on that so chronic, so yeah. help myself. Yeah, But it was like, you can't have a period. Yeah, because you'll just keep bleeding, right? Yeah, which yeah. which had happened yeah. on the tour. But yeah. I had been like, oh, well, you Stressed. Know, yeah. you know, bleeding for you know 15 days. That's maybe normal for some people. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, like, we just went down the road of how, how can I keep myself as tour safe as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, so I got put in prednisone and a couple other things just to kind of, you know, keep me humming for tour. But basically, the doctors were like, we need to track you over a period of time. Okay. So I was out on the road and I would have to get three blood tests a week. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and basically it was to control my prednisone levels. Yeah. And so, yeah, it became like, I would be on like 60 and then... You know, I'd go and have a blood test. I'd get in, like, I'm in Hamilton. Yeah. I'll get a blood test. I've got to go to a random blood bank. Yeah. Get the blood, and then I've got it, that's got to be sent to my GP and my hematologist who I haven't met. Yeah. And, you know, and then we've got to decide whether that's the right amount or not. And then, yeah. you know, I've got to go on 80. And so I had to just have this constant stock of prednisone. And that's quite stressful because in New Zealand, we're not we're not really set up to be this, like, one big health care system we have health boards in different locations around New Zealand and so 
a lot of the time they don't have the means to actually be talking to each other. Like they can't just go, hey, Emma's coming in today. Like take her blood and send it to me. It's a real big process. I can imagine that that was a lot of admin and time and stress and thought had to go into that to like make that actually work three blood three times a week yeah 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 and it was it was like I had all these little I had this little booklet of stuff that I had to take yeah to these places so that they would know what mm-hmm. what was happening and where to send it and who to send it to and I had to yeah. remember the name of the guy who is my specialist mm. who I've never met who yeah. is the guy who's going to be handling my cases from now and just things like that and um yeah so that was wild yeah. that was really wild and I got told you know, you have to tell your cast mates that they can't do this with you and they can't do this with you and they can't, they can't do this with yeah. you anymore because when you have uh, low platelets for whatever reason, like it's, you know, it's not common for people to die from that condition necessarily. Yeah. It's not like, oh, it's a death sentence, mm-hmm. whatever. Having low platelets is not necessarily a death sentence, but there are things that you should avoid doing because yeah. you could really damage yourself and so anything that could impact you getting hit on the head Mm -hmm. is basically a no-go zone because a knock to the head when you've got low platelets that's the way that a lot of people die from the condition because if you get a brain bleed you don't have the thing that's going to clot that blood so it's just going to keep bleeding and you would need care a lot faster than someone does Yeah. yeah so part of the way through that journey basically the doctors flagged for me that they thought it could be itp so i had some knowledge in that term that it might be this okay but they were like we can't confirm this until you take the break from the tour right and meet your specialist september and do all of that malarkey so while this is all going on you are on tour touring a children's two shows around the country Mm -hmm. i'm just wondering before you signed on to do this job did you have to prove your healthiness um yeah well sort of yeah so basically we were encouraged Mm -hmm. to go to the doctor before we went on tour okay because I know that a lot of like theater schools or jobs it's kind of like you know do you have something that will impact this role that you're playing you know like totally yeah yeah and I mean, up until this I'm not point. saying that I agree with that, by the way. I don't actually know how I feel, but anyway, that's, that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know Just if people should be asking. Asterisks, yeah. that's not my side point. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, it was just kind of, um, you know, we were encouraged to get the flu jab and things like that because we're about to go to all these schools, you know. Mm-hmm. And the tour at the time, I don't think it operates like this anymore. Well, hashtag COVID, so. Nothing no. really operates like Yeah, anything exactly. Anymore. But we would do. There was a New Zealand cast, which I was on, and there was an Australian cast doing the same shows as us. And part of the fun side of the contract was that you would definitely go to Australia and do a portion of the work. Mm-hmm. So so I got to go to Melbourne because I have some family there for two weeks and do the Melbourne region and a couple of other places. So I got to play Rebecca's part, mm-hmm. but it is my part because yeah. we're the same people. Yeah. We swapped and so, yeah, she went to New Zealand. I went to Australia all the time. I had this condition and yeah. this, yeah. And I wasn't getting blood tests in this portion of time. So I think this must have been before I knew something yeah. was wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. So we did the swap and yeah, that was that. So, uh, yeah, but we went to the doctor before. We were kind of encouraged to go before just to get the sort of nuts and bolts done. Yeah. And that's actually sort of where this whole thing began for me because okay. 
um, at the time I was, um, living with my friend's parents and my friend's mom is a biologist and she's very, she's very uh, sensible and smart and she knows science. Yeah. (laughs) And so she said, Hey, you should make sure all your vaccinations are up to date before you go on this tour. And I was like, Oh yeah. The guy who's tour this is had sort of said some places are funny about you not going like you going if you if your vaccinations aren't up to date yeah and I didn't know much about my vaccinations Mm. but I did know that I never got MMR yeah because you're 12 when you get that right and I remember not getting that Mm -hmm. Um, MMR I thought that was when you were a child the HPV one maybe do you mean maybe for the cervical cancer there was a different one that you get when you're 12 interesting but maybe there is yeah i think yeah i don't know regardless yes there was a vaccine this came up because the only reason i knew that even because i couldn't remember that either but when i was 15 when Mm -hmm. i was 15 at school that was when the meningococcal vaccine was around yeah 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 and we would get cattle called into our school hall yeah and get the jabs too yeah (laughs) and I wasn't allowed to get it. Okay. And I remember that being the first time where I understood that I wasn't vaccinated. Ah. Because when you're a bit younger, I remember kids were getting things and I wasn't, but it's just like, well, some kids go to the dentist when I don't go to the dentist and things like that. I don't know how the world works. But I remember that my mum had to write to the school to say I wasn't to get the meningococcal vaccine. And that was contentious. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I remember that they had a sausage sizzle at outside a record store that I liked. And if you'd had the meningococcal vaccine, you got a free sausage. And I told this woman that she couldn't give me one because I hadn't had it. <laughs> I was honest with her. And this crazy woman, she went inside the record store, followed me in, grabbed a singlet off the wall and said to me this is all you're going to be able to wear when you've got no arms because you've (gasps) had meningitis what like in front of my friends and everything and I remember being like "Uh." (laughs) like I'm 15 I actually can't really make decisions on this and even if I could like I don't know enough about vaccinations at all at this point like I it's always been in my parents hands I've got no say in this I also don't even freaking understand what a vaccine is at this point like because I'm not a I'm an artist damn it I make theater (laughs) I have no idea I have no idea what's going on you know so it was so buzzy it was like and that was actually my first real experience with the whole anti-vax yeah thing it was the first time that i understood that there were people who had really strong opinions yeah. about about vaccinations mm-hmm. i didn't even know there were opinions to be had yeah but this was my first time of okay this is a big issue mm-hmm. yeah my mum and i never really discussed why i wasn't vaccinated okay. i have two brothers they are twins mm-hmm. they are both fully vaccinated oh. they are six years older than me okay she sort of said Something happened to you when you were a kid and I didn't like it. And so I didn't, she kind of implied um, that I had had a bad reaction to my first vaccine. Yeah. And so she chose not to do any more. And so, yeah, so I never got vaccinated. And so then 
here I am as an adult and 25 now. Yeah. And I'm going to the doctor. I'm about to go on tour. Yeah. And, you know, here's my family friend has said, well, you're going to get the flu jab. Maybe you should just... See what else you can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my doctor was like, oh, yeah, if you're going to go into schools and things, mm. you'll probably need to be vaccinated. And it's a really simple process. He said, I'll look through your medical notes and see if there's any reason why you're not. Because I said to him, it's weird that my brothers are and I'm not. Yeah. Like, it's not that my mum was an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. It was that she had a particular opinion about yeah. me for some reason. And yeah. sadly, she's not here for me to ask her yeah. why. So he said, I'll have a look through your medical notes. And um, if there's anything there, then I'll let you know. But mm-hmm. otherwise, here are three sessions. Okay. We'll catch you all up. Wow. Yeah. That's so. like a that's a lot of vaccines, probably. Yeah. That you would have gotten there. Yeah. You got them. I I remember he said, dr- come in with someone. Yeah. Because you won't be able to drive home. No. Because you're getting them in both arms. Yeah. And the vaccines now, when you get them like, when you've had none, mm. there's a lot in one vaccine. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you're getting, it's like MMR. Is yeah. MMR. But Measles, mumps, rubella. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's the same with other ones as well. You're getting yeah. more than one thing at the same time. Okay. Yeah. And I, the only reason I had to do three was there were things like I was getting cervical yeah. cancer ones and those are multiple shots that I was getting. So they just distanced them apart Yeah. Um, before I went on tour. So that, you know, I would have enough time to, like, recover. Mm-hmm. Um, they they had, I don't know how long they have to be distanced, but yeah. she, the nurse knew and I just yeah. did what I was told. And and so then you're kind of like, cool, well, I've got all these things. The doctor yeah. thinks I'm healthy enough. I can go on tour. Yeah. And then all of this happens. Yeah. And suddenly a company and a whole cast have to reaccommodate for yeah. you. Yeah. How does that feel? Uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, most people, you kind of go, if you don't, I mean, people think you're a performer. Maybe, maybe this is apparent to you as well. <laughs> when you're a performer, people think that you like being in the limelight, no matter what the cost. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, people think like, oh, you know, she gets to talk about how sick she is. And it was like, I just really hated it. I hated yeah. thinking I had let people down. I hated thinking I needed to stop. I think, being busy has gotten me through life. It's mm-hmm. gotten me through hard times. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I have to actively rest. Yeah. Actively not do things mm-hmm. and slow down. And I just hated it. Especially when you're like still dealing with this idea of like your life is precious and valuable and gone too soon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like, slow the hell down. Mm. Don't do things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the only way you know how to cope with yeah. news like this. Yeah. 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 Were you then compensating with like, oh, well, maybe I can't lift the equipment out of the van, so I'll make sure that I busy myself by taking on all these other roles or anything? Yeah, it was a bit like that. I had to – I was just really lucky that I was on tour with a really dear friend of mine already. Like, Ollie knew me well enough to know that even though I had told them – I'm not allowed to do this, 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 and you need to be careful that you don't this, this, and this. He knew I would cop out on that yeah. because I, I do. I set these strict boundaries, and I know they're the right boundaries, and then I go, oh, but I'll move it a little bit yeah. and make it a little bit more comfortable for myself. So it was really good to have somebody be like, no, mm-hmm. all the time. Like yeah. He was really good at that for sure. But it, it, we weren't actually able to exist in that world for that long before, yeah, I was I was. All of these tests are 
jumping around like yeah. and I'm getting told what my platelet numbers are mm-hmm. I get this email you know like a day after I've had my test every every time um, and the process is getting really strenuous because if you're squeamish like turn away now because it was getting to the point where my veins are very deep mm-hmm. in my in my arm yeah so fishing them out to get the blood test was yeah. becoming difficult and then there's only a couple key areas that actually were really taking yeah and so then I'm just getting blood test on scar tissue yeah. so it was becoming more and more painful I remember there was this guy in New Plymouth seemed like a really nice fella and I nearly punched him in the face <laughs> it was so painful you know yeah <laughs> so it was becoming really painful becoming really stressful and you know one day you'd be getting 90,000 which is Great. Yeah, you're so close to that 100,000. Yeah, which is the goal. Mm. Then three days later, I'm getting one that's 20. And you haven't done anything different. No. Yeah, it's just doing this. Yeah. And occasionally you'd go, oh, they'd say, you're getting a little bit better, so reduce your prednisone. Mm. So I'd go from taking 60 to... 40 mm-hmm. you know and then it was like oh no 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 yes yeah, no, go, go back go back to 60 slash go back to 80 and for people who have been on prednisone before or any steroid you can't just reduce it like bam you can't just come off it mm. so you'd I would go really high up the range of how many you can take and then they'd say oh good we've had a pretty good result here so just dip it a little bit you know it'd only be a little bit it'd yeah. be half a pill you mm-hmm. know and then oh no Suddenly it's all turned to cack, go back up. And so sometimes I would get really close yeah. to get into a really manageable, like 20, yeah. you know, and then it's like, no, no, go back to 60. And uh, yeah, that was getting really yeah. stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happens when we get to the September school holidays? I didn't even make it to the September school holidays. Okay. So my blood test became so bad mm-hmm. that they were like, you need to come off earlier. Yeah. In fact, I got a call from this guy I would never met, which was my specialist, yeah. basically like, we would like you to come off the tour now. But oh, it just wow. wasn't, it wasn't realistic. And I know that sounds really pathetic and people will be like, it's your life. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, I've got a whole company to worry about as well as myself yeah um so we agreed to move it forward to an, the school holidays I wasn't meant to come back to Christchurch necessarily for that school holidays so we moved it forward to the term two term three holidays so yeah. halfway through the year okay and basically uh I had the hospital calling me all the time mm-hmm. still to be like just double checking we can't get you off now yeah and it's like you can't get me off now yeah did you tell anybody in like management that this was happening yeah but you know (laughs) it's difficult to tell your boss when you don't want it to be true yourself yeah and I think you know sometimes I used to think like how did they let me away with that but the thing is is they took me on my word yeah and my boss didn't know me well enough to know that I am very good at hiding things I don't want to be true by Mm -hmm. not you know so I had just made it be like oh you know yeah, it's not going great, but um, I'll probably be able to see it through to the end of the term. Whereas, yeah, the hospital was like, hey, just checking you're not coming to Christchurch today so we can get you sorted, you <laughs> yeah. know. But eventually I I think it was actually probably Ollie that, yeah. Yeah, who gathered from the conversations. I mean, we were driving between schools and mm-hmm. I would have a call from the hospital yeah. every between every school in yeah. the day for a while there because my platelets were getting so low and they were really worried and... Yeah. But I think if you're not, I'm not I'm an emotionally intelligent person. And so I love avoiding things like mm-hmm. that. And so it's just really easy for me to be like, oh, it's hospital again. I just won't pick up. Yeah. Because I know what they're going to say. 
and I'm doing the wrong thing and I know I am but so eventually yeah my bosses understood Mm -hmm. through my like morse code of (laughs) (laughs) things I'm saying that don't really add up they started to understand that I needed to come off the tour and so we made plans for an understudy to come in so I trained an understudy for the last two weeks of term two um she was a nice lady and she started term three without me so yeah. they they had to kick on without me and mm-hmm. I took a quite a bit of term three off yeah yeah and so you see your hematologist yes do you is there medication that you can go on for ITP has it even been agreed on that this is what it this is, is the meeting me? the first okay. meeting as I go in they take heaps of vials of blood yeah and then you sit around for a bit and then you meet the guy who knows you. Yeah. He knows you inside <laughs> and out. He knows exactly what's going on there. But yeah, it was, I don't know what I was expecting. It was funny though. It mm-hmm. was like, basically, it was one of those like, hello, I'm your specialist. I'm going to leave the room. If you could like get down to whatever's comfortable, I just want to examine your body. <laughs> um, sit on this little, you know, that little paper thing yeah. they put on beds and it's like crinkle, 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 <laughs> lie down and he sort of, how does that feel? How's that? How's that? That any pain there? Good. That yeah. looks good. That's nice. Good. Uh, you know. <laughs> and then you sort of like, okay, get dressed again. Yeah. Uh, he comes back and he goes right. So yeah, like I, uh, you've got ITP, I guess. Okay. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and you're sort of like, okay, yeah. So Alrighty. that was sort of the fo- the first, which at that point I think I had accepted. Yeah. That it probably was. Do you have ITP for life? Yeah, so that's actually really, so I had to find this out afterwards. But with ITP, not everyone has it for life. Mm -hmm. So some people, if you are like seven and you have it for a bit, then you can outgrow it, I suppose. Um, With adults, and being that my big big rough time with it was as an adult, it's likely that I will always have a relationship with it yeah but I relapse like okay, most yeah. people yeah. who have conditions that are a bit funny like this and so I can be really good for ages mm-hmm. and be at a normal-ish range and then have a dip and I haven't had a relapse for um, maybe two years now yeah which is really good but it also means you know you had a lot of control when you were really mm-hmm. sick you were getting told everything because yes. they needed to communicate everything to you these days, people say to me, oh, what's your, what are your platelets at now? And I can't even tell them. I don't yeah. know. I get a blood test once every three months unless I'm dying. They mm-hmm. don't tell me what it yeah. is. Okay. But I can assume it's all good because I haven't gone back on prednisone for a while. Yeah. So it's pretty good. Is there a treatment plan for people or for you that has ITP to help manage the platelets? Or um, is it kind of like steroids until better, nothing, steroids until better? In New Zealand, it, it is mostly um, steroids. Mm-hmm. And they won't consider much else okay. unless there's like, unless you are showing that you can't do that mm-hmm. or if you're on it for a really long time. I was probably on prednisone for a year. Yeah. And probably if I had to stay on it much longer, they would have had to have talked to me about different yeah. treatment plans. And I've gone on and off it a number mm-hmm. of times since then. But generally, if you're in in New Zealand, they are reluctant to do things because it's one of those things where you can't just take a pill and it goes away. Yeah. It's, it's a long journey, but I'm, I talk to a lot of people who have ITP because actually, um, although they said to me, it's really rare. (laughs) I've met so many people who have it. Yeah. And 
you know, in New Zealand, that's really the course of action. In Australia, they do uh, something else again. In America, a lot of people in America, if they think you've got ITP or you're having problems with the platelets, they're like, right, let's get that spleen out. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they don't really, they choose not to do that much here. Yeah. My specialist said to me, if you don't respond to the prednisone, we're going to have to do, uh, is it a lumbar puncture when they yeah. get this? Yeah. The spinal fluid. The yeah. spinal fluid was going to be my next thing, mm-hmm. which I was like, please no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, in New Zealand, they're really reluctant to do stuff like that, which actually is good. It's a good thing that they are reluctant, mm. but I, they're still developing a lot of medications and drugs for this and it's sort of a growing mm-hmm. issue especially in a world where we've got a whole new thing to deal with yeah. that's uh, connected to vaccines so do they know why this happened to you Emma Cusden at the age of 25 <laughs> yeah no okay. <laughs> um yeah so my doctor was like stuff like this just happens to people sometimes okay. your immune system just decides to do things and and it is possible that I had had the condition my whole life and not oh, known, okay. you know, it's possible. Yeah. And I mean, I was a bruisey kid, but mm-hmm. I was also a really active kid. Yeah. So I might've had ITP for forever. And just that one really bad year mm-hmm. was, was uh, enough for me to learn that I had it. You okay. Know? That's totally possible. Yeah. But when I spoke to a specialist in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, she said, you know, I think you've got to consider that it's entirely possible that you have developed this condition as a uh, vaccination injury. Yeah. So by getting all the vaccinations, you you might have actually had a really healthy immune system. And then when you've taken, when you've put all of these, you know, all at once as well, yeah. like in a really short amount of time, you've sent your immune system into like an overdrive mm-hmm. and it started then killing off things that it wasn't meant to. Yeah that's a possibility Mm -hmm. and I would say considering what the last five years have looked like for me which is significantly better than this period of time that I'm talking about I would say it makes sense to me that it was probably connected to my vaccination session for sure and that is actually a thing it's called drug induced ITP Mm. and when I was doing some research on all of this on medsafe.govt.nz which a lot of people probably didn't even know about MedSafe. And now with all of the COVID vaccinations that are coming through, uh, people are aware of MedSafe now. It's mm. the company that decides whether the uh, the drug is going to be okay to be distributed to New Zealand, which then goes to Pharmac, who do all the funding part of it. But everything has to get approved by MedSafe first. And on their website, they actually have an article about drug-induced ITP. And... It was published on the 1st of March in 2018 and the key findings, so like the too long didn't read for all the doctors and the medical people (laughs) that read this, said that drug-induced ITP is relatively uncommon for an adverse reaction by drug-dependent antibodies and doctors should always consider that medicines could be a possible cause of ITP Mm. and discontinuation of the medicine will usually resolve the patient's like ITP symptoms or yeah. the the ITP itself. And to date, so remember this was 2018, 1st of March, it says that there were 25 cases of drug-induced ITP recorded in New Zealand and 20 of those are related to vaccines. And it has a list of all of the medication. I think there's like upwards of 100 medications that have been linked to ITP. So 
it sounds as though it's not like you just went to this woo-woo person in Melbourne who's like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the vaccine. It's like, it sounds like there's science behind yeah. this. And a lot of people or a few people have have or have also been in the same boat. Yes. Where this has happened. Which I think, yeah, and, and I hear that. And I think it's still, it still has to come back to the fact that it is something that has happened in my body. Yeah. You know, like plenty of people get vaccines the way that I did and have no reaction. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, it is still something in me that this, like this has occurred. I certainly don't walk around going <laughs> like, screw you, modern science. You know, I go like, well, that was unfortunate. Yeah, you're That's not the lady unlucky. in the record store with the singlet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm never going to be her. Oh, Lord. Yeah, no. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things. And it's difficult for them to say... I mean, look, I, I don't know. There's, yeah, there's no not, knows. There's not enough information at my hand. Even for me, all I know is that they've never told me to stop taking blood tests, which means I'm not enough in remission yeah. that they can stop monitoring me. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, it's 2021 now, yeah. and this will start in 2015. So yeah. it's certainly not like they just took whatever away and then I was all good, because if I was all good, I wouldn't be getting blood tests anymore. Yeah. But... I, I don't even have enough information about myself to, mm-hmm. to be able to pin, pinpoint that and go, yep, that's that's what's going on there. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, 2021. What's on the table for 2021 in regards to ITP? Do we reckon no relapses? That would, yeah, I think. I yeah, think let's I do would, it. I really, for myself, I'm yeah. like, this is the year. I'm going to pay off my student loan this year. Woo! And this is the year they say, don't worry about having any more blood tests. Like oh, that's like okay, my goal. Okay, that's nice. my goal. I think that would be really nice. Yeah. 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 And what is the mantra for this year? Me first. Oh, me first. That. Me first all the time. Yeah. That is so good. Emma, thank you so much for sharing your story with me oh, and with everybody listening today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled I get to be on the best podcast coming out of New Zealand. (laughs) You are too kind. (laughs) I think it could be possible to quickly jump to a conclusion and an opinion over how Emma, and actually so many of us, kept going when a lot of really serious health issues were arising. From my experience as a performer as well, we do have that mentality of the show must go on. And even if you aren't a performer actually, that can also so often be the case, whether it be in your own career or in a relationship or if you have kids and people that depend on you. I don't have the answer whether this is good or bad. I'm sure some balance is probably key, but I'd love to know your thoughts. Send me a DM on Instagram, I'm at That's So Chronic, or a voice note, but you can find the link for that in the show notes. Don't forget to press subscribe or follow and leave a review. That really helps That's So Chronic get into as many ears around the world as possible to not only spread awareness and hope, but to start important conversations like this.